the star, the star. The star. Yeah, yeah, y'all already know, y'all already know. Seven the pan, seven the pan. That dude fizz on the fizz on the beat. Yeah, yeah, we live in entertainment, entertainment. Sound change, sound change, sound change. Round the kings, round the kings, homie. This is where it get ill. About to have a tip off live as a tip drill. From the court to the diamond to the track to the big skin flying round the field. Starting five forever, keeping it real. If it matters in the world of sports, world of sports, jeans and long sleeves, they taking no shorts. So hot to death. Oh, yes, these other sports podcasts live as a pro's corpse. Biz market wave is starting five goes off, goes off. <laughs> no matter who you cheer for, emotions out the window. They analyzing with clear thoughts. They taking way deeper than the boys ever for. No longer got any use for the four letters The latest news, score stats in the view from the sideline Ain't no guideline, it's just the truth, just the truth yeah. No need to dig for a part in line It's always in season if people start five, start five We going in on three, run the baseline, start five, get it We got what you we need, what you need. If the sports news you see We don't waste time, we talking cause we living We got what you we need, what you yeah. need. We going in on three, run the baseline, start five, get it We got what you we need, what you need. And y'all know me, seven sign, I'm the hellest cat spit. I got what you need. I got what you need. What up everybody? Let me pay attention. This is your boy the mayor. That DJ named H5, your mom's favorite fat guy from deepest, darkest Africa. AKA Captain Podcast. I gotta resurrect that title back for 2021. We are back with the newest episode of the Star of Five. As always. Because my bank account just reminded me, please check out the startfivepodcast.com for all of our streaming platforms, our merch, our Instagram, all that good stuff. Now it's time to throw it to the side of me and the first lady of the starting five. Welcome, everyone. A shout out to, of course, the starting five. Shout out to all my creators still holding it down. What's up, everybody? Uh, shout out to the Start Five. What's up, guys? Hope you guys are enjoying your weekend on this cold, wintry weekend. Uh, what's going on? No, nothing new to report. Just uh, no. been an average week. Just been uh, seeing some tangible results in my working out. That's all I can say. Losing some weight, okay. gaining okay. some muscle. So that's that's belly's getting problem, smaller. Man. That's always belly's getting problem. smaller. That's a, that's a plus in the game, man. Like I used to, when I was working out regularly and I would see my boobs turn into pecs, I would be all in the mirror like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, to keep us yeah, on a high it. note, man, we so had that's about it. two of our favorite, we had two of our favorite uh, guests that come on with us when they can. Celebrated birthdays. Big ups to Cousin Hambone, Sammy J. Who has oh, just yeah. celebrated what his uh he just what I think 29th birthday, the kid barely's out of diapers. Wow, he's a grown he's man a all of a sudden, huh? Yeah, <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, meanwhile, he's been you know been a professor in college for a couple of years now. But big ups and happy <laughs> birthday, big ups to happy birthday to Sammy. And then Jamal Green yesterday, the homie who we just had on last week. Big ups to those brothers over there. Nice. Happy birthday, happy birthdays to them. Um, did we lose anybody recently within this week that we missed out on? I know, I believe Marty Schottenheimer just passed at the age of like 70 something, right? 
Mary uh, Wilson passed too. Who? Was that last oh, week? Oh, yes, yes. Mary Wilson from the Supreme. Yeah, Mary Wilson. Uh, yeah. Yes. Am I coming in and delayed? Because uh, everybody looks frozen. No. <laughs> nope. You're fine. Okay. Okay. Well, we're getting all the yips out early. Sorry, y'all. It is what it is. But, uh, yo, what's up, Chris Milliner? What's up, Lisi, in the comments, everybody? Thank y'all for checking out, as always. I put the invite link out there for uh, for others to join if they want to join the show this week. So if you want to, hit that post. Well, actually, I'll drop it in the comments of our live feed right now. If you want to join us, click that link right there, and I'll add y'all asses in, just like I did. The OG, triple OG of the podcast. What's up, good brother? What's going on, brother? How you feeling? We all right, man. Things are getting better after uh, a nonsensical yet hilarious week. But all I've been doing is making this making this all week. I, I want to know one thing. I want to know why my T- vacation. I want to know one thing. I want to know why TJ has that poster in the background. Of the donk. Mind your business. The donk of business, all donks. Bro. The donk of all donks. But guess what? That's what? okay. You had the donk, but y'all lost the series. This is true. We know we're okay. not against it. It happened, but that was a miracle okay. right there. Y'all lost the yeah. series. But guess what? Guess what? We don't worry what? about plays. What? All I want to know is W's or L's. That's all I want to know. And that day, y'all had that Oh, L. okay. And, and and how many L's you got to Boston in the playoffs for the last three years? Okay. When this time y'all made the playoffs? Uh, like eight years ago. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you ever yeah, seen us? Yeah, but you guys, are, was there. you guys are brag. You guys are bragging about nothing, man. Paper champs. You don't see. Knicks fans, you don't see Knicks fans talking about we going to the finals this year. You're, you're like exactly. Y'all like old school Eagles fans talking about your championship years. That was back in Superfly. Nobody. Was to, no, no, no. Nobody you brought know, it up, JB. But you Nobody know I had to start on you. know, you know I had to start on you this morning, man. I'm, I'm gonna close the show strong with you today, JP. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but but sir, all all seriousness though, I told you, man, the Knicks are gonna move into a good direction, and I, I see them actually moving in, into a good direction. It's gonna take time, man. Thank right, you, man. They got the right people in Thank place. You. They got some good draft picks, so they're, they're definitely moving in the right direction. Thank you, brother. Slow torture I appreciate my that. It's been, yes, it's been slow torture my whole life, and I'm good with that. I, I, I went through slow torture with my Eagles, and it finally paid off in 2018. So yeah, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul, y'all. I'm in it for the long haul. <laughs> but, um, uh, we was just talking about because you know it's been a long ass week. I can tell you, for me, I've been just working retarded hours. Even though it was my vacation this week, I was still working because. That money is so much better. Money. I digress. But uh, we was just talking about how we lost Mary Wilson, JP. Yeah, man. Um, wow. Legend. She was just talking last weekend about her doing a reunion, possibly with Diana Ross. She said it was up to Diana Ross whether they wanted to do this reunion or not. And it was shocking, man. You know, like, wow. Like, you know, just a couple of days earlier, she was talking about doing a reunion. And of course... Legendary, um, legend, one of the most legendary groups in music history. But yo, Mary, Mary, um, Mary Wilson, she was also a very beautiful woman as well. Very beautiful woman, you know. All the Supremes um, were. 
All the Supremes were. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about her particular though. You know what I mean? She was very beautiful woman. And I wish she had a better, she should have had a better solo career, you know, than what she did. Because basically all of her work was really with the Supremes and stuff. But I mean, her places in music history, you know, um, I could say it's God rest her soul, man. You know, a, a, a legend lost. Um, it's just like we lost another legend the other day. And jazz pianist um, Chick Corea. Chick Corea. Yeah, yes. one, of, one of the best piano players of all times. Yeah, um, yeah. Gotta give these, this is why I say, you gotta give these people their flowers while they're here, man. You know, because um, time is running out, bro. You know, they get, a lot of legends are getting older and and everything that they're there, you gotta give them their, their flowers. Roberta Flack just turned 84 the other day. You know, give her her flowers. Wow. Wow. You know, so, you know, we, we got to give these people the flowers it, along with our elders and our families and everything like that. There, man, got to give their pe- people the flowers while they can smell the roses, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah, thinking, thinking about Chick Corea, like, met, like, like and, and kind of fitting with the uh, with the topic today about black culture being American culture mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, mad people sampled him. Yeah, he was yeah. he was one of those go to like, you know, one of one of them go to guys like uh, you know, for for sample purposes. Like, I'm trying to run through some things right now, and like they uh, like I'm seeing like newer cats like G Easy, a lot of the old school heads. I'm sure like Madlib, Pete Rock, all dug into his his materials and stuff over the years, man. Oh, yeah. So, you know, legends. And then I mentioned earlier before. Marty Schottenheimer, we just lost. Yes, yes, yes. Kansas City Chiefs, uh, former head coach and stuff, had a great had a great career. Just didn't win a championship, but he was a solid. Marty was a shot so, solid coach though, man. And uh, yeah, even solid career with the Chargers too. Yeah, solid career all around. That's right. He had um, didn't he have um Rivers and and um what's his name the running back Tomlinson and Gates? Yeah, he had them. This is yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah 12 years ago. Uh, what's the other boy? Say, say, say I was on that team, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the other boy I'm thinking about that was there, the, um, the linebacker, the other one they had. Yeah, Sean, Mary, got- Sean Merriman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Lights Out. Lights yeah, Out, I, I, yeah. I was trying they, to think of, I thought of him as it was the brother, unfortunately, that got popped for several, several times. Because I didn't think, I couldn't think of his name, but then y'all just pulled it out. But, yeah, Sean Merriman, yeah. He yeah. got popped several times. They just couldn't get over that hump, man, of, of winning that title, man. You know, they 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 lost. They they had the ingredients to win it all, man, but they they just couldn't get over that hump, man. You know, and which about him? He just coached like ten years ago, so 10, 12 years ago. So it hasn't been that long ago. No, it hasn't. Rest easy to all of those legends, man. But yeah. let's also say rest easy to this NFL season. Um, every one of us got the Super Bowl pick wrong. Even though we did feel our ways, like JP, you said, I want to change it. But we was like, no. Nope. I, I should have gone with my gut. No, no, yeah, no. But also, too, like even me, I said, yo, I think the Chiefs are going to win. TJ said it's not going to be close. Katara was just like, yeah, the black quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I, I. I know for me, like I said, I did be honest. I did say it honestly when when I mentioned who I was picking, and I said, "Yo, I yeah, I want the Chiefs to win easily, easily." But 
I won't be mad if the Bucks win this time because of the array of black co- members of the coaching staff. Shout out to Ty Bowles. Ty Bowles. And Hi. yeah, he gets the most credit because he shut he down the one of the most prolific offenses in the game, bro. Right. But also, too, as I just was telling, talking to my father about this about 20 minutes before we started. This, once again, if y'all know and talk football with me, what do I always bring up? I bring up this. I bring up the offensive linemen. This This game exemplified why I talk about offensive linemen all the time. Missing those two bookends on that Chiefs line, offensive line, that besides, that besides Ty Bowles running that very high cover two, cover three-esque defense where the safeties gave up nothing deep. They gave up and put the pressure on them to where everything was played underneath the linebackers. And then they still weren't even completing catches then. Ty Bowles crafted up an amazing defense it showed you the importance of offensive line and all of that packaged together for those that only know how to talk quarterbacks. Your boy Brady got number seven. Can't hate no more. Props there to go. There go. Period. There go. I'm not kissing his ass like that, but <laughs> hey, ain't go kissing no ass. It's, it's, it go is ahead. what it is. He's the go. Period. He got more rings than. Franchises got any NFL franchise in NFL history. He's 43 years old. Bruh, you gotta give go, with you, go, I you mean, you gotta give credit where credit is due. We could talk all you want. I hear people say, oh, he's a white supremacist, he's a Trump supporter. He says, I don't care about none of that. We talking about on the field. This man is the gay. I'm well, just saying the the this hold on, TJ. I was gonna say uh, the speaking. Making excuses for his political views, that's whatever, because we're keeping this to what he does on the field, exactly. as we should. Exactly. Okay, as we I should. Just to but there's no, yeah, because but because we talked about this earlier in the week. We talked about this. And to me, it's if people want to bring up, yeah, well, he's a racist, whatever, whatever, it's valid because people will sit back and call all Trump supporters racist, whether they know the people or not, and know they're not racist personally. So that would say, you know, we can look at Brady fairly as one of them, but we're not bringing that up because that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the Super Bowl. Win. The, and, and, and I'm going to tell you and another thing. Hold on, hold on, though. Here's a, also, once again, this is where I had the problem with what you just said now. He got more. He got more championships than any franchise. No, say it correctly. He has more Super Bowl victories than any franchise individually. Super Bowls. Because if we're talking championships, I'm going to point right down to my brother TJ's Giants, who own eight championships in their history of the, of the team. If it wasn't integrated, other, it doesn't count. I know to you. <laughs> if it wasn't no black you. people playing, it doesn't count. That, well, <laughs> that Qatar, that's always been JP's stance. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, go ahead, TJ, my bad. No, I mean, like I said, I got no love for the brother, but I do have mad respect for him for what he's accomplished. Uh, he definitely proved he wasn't a system quarterback, you know, getting out of under Belichick's uh, 
wing there. And Belichick proved he needed Brady more than Brady needed Belichick. So um, shout out to him and for all he's accomplished. That's just crazy. Seven rings is unheard of. That's going to be hard to match in football and NFL. I think that's going to be very hard to match. Even four or five is tough. But seven, that's like the bar now. He might, if he plays another two, three years, he might get one more crack at it too depending on how you, if he plays to 45 or something like that. But we'll see. I mean, he's one jarring hit away from being done for the rest of his life. So um, he's definitely rolling the dice in the golden years of his career right now. If I was yeah. him, I'd just retire on top and call it a, yes. call it a wrap. But who knows what kind hey, of a mutant like, treatment he's getting you know, in the offseason, <laughs> keep in shape. So. Like, real quick, real quick to shout out Chris Milliner in the comments, because when we were talking about the whole Brady MAGA hat shit, he said, but what about how he takes care of his guys, bringing them along? He takes several black uh, malcontent players and resurrected their careers. Randy Moss, Antonio Brown, he recruited Fournette, put Ocho Cinco in the Super Bowl after lobbying for him. It, and it's true. Did they win? He only won with Fournette and Antonio Brown, though. Remember, eighteen and one. But one with Randy Moss. Also, um, that says a see. lot about Eli. Mm -hmm. And the first see. three, and the first three Super Bowls was Adam Vinatieri's leg, also too. But I digress. Let me say this. Let me say this as well. Two more things as well. Um, here as well. Damn. Hold on. Jeez. As well as your favorite word right now, as well. I know. <laughs> um, JP, let me jump in real quick. Let me jump in real quick because the only people that are going to be really bitter about this is Raiders fans for mm -hmm. the fumble that never was fumbled. He should have never went to that chip. It was a so, fumble. It was. It, a fumble. It, I, I agree. It was a fumble, but. I think they still would have won it. Did I say they would have won the Super Bowl? I think the Raiders probably could have won the Super Bowl that year. But hey, man, you know, it is what it is. You know, um, that's the way I look at it. You know, I'm a big time Raiders fan. So, you know, um, it yeah, almost sounds you said big time Raiders fan. Like you're trying to, like you're trying to. No, I said big yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it it but, almost sounds like you said big Tom Raiders. Like, yeah, but, uh, Tom Raiders. And the Raiders, so I didn't lose. I didn't lose that day all but, the way. But <laughs> but also, I wanted to give two things as well. Also, on that um, Tampa Bay coaching staff as well, shout-outs to Kevin Ross and Tom McNair, both of them, both South Jersey representatives. And also, Roger Kingdom, one of the greatest hurdles of all time, two-time um, Olympic champion, who was, I believe he's the um, strength conditioning coach or speed coach or something like that. But also as well, man, shout-outs as well. To the little girl who was critically injured in the um, car accident by Andy Reid's son, Ariel Young, five years old. She's still fighting for her life. She's in a coma. Um, it's sad, man. Saw the pictures of her precious little girl, you know, wishing her the best as well, man, you know, of um, of what happened. And, um, you know, it, it was it was a terrible incident and his ass should be in jail, period. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, but and, and as we just saw, the Chiefs let him go when well let him go once his contract is expired, which means he should be gone. But yeah, that's a that's a difference in 
privilege, power, status, that's what that gets you. Unfortunately, it gets you uh in some cases a get out of jail free card. I don't know if he's uh still fighting the case or not, but um, but yeah. So much for that. NFL season's over. This was like one of to me, not and it wasn't because of the outcome, just overall. This just wasn't the it 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 wasn't a good season for, to me overall. It wasn't a good season overall. Like it just something about it, just the air of everything. And I'm not saying that just because my Eagles sucked ass. My Eagles sucked ass. There was no if ands or buts about it. There was just something weird about COVID. this season. Let, let's, let's be clear: the entire NFC East sucked ass this year, Dan. The yeah. entire all four teams uh-huh. were just horrible. Go ahead, Miss First Lady. Oh no, yeah. I was yeah, I I don't know. It it, it was it to, as as y'all knew, I wasn't very interested in the Super Bowl when I was watching it. I just got distracted. So it was something definitely in the air. Um don't get me wrong, Brady's Brady, but you know, it's like, okay, and <laughs> you know, right, right. Yeah. Um, you know. The official, and, and I don't want to get into this because then people get mad, but the official call, the, even I know that some of those calls were weird, but, and that's when I lost uh, interest in it. it. I don't know. It's it's just weird. I, I well, <laughs> what we developed out of this, Katara, let's let them know. We developed that next year's Super Bowl on the podcast. Katara is going to be the official Puppy Bowl correspondent. <laughs> she was more entertained by the Puppy Bowl than the Super Bowl this year. So mm-hmm. she's going to give us the news and reports on the Puppy Bowl. It should be hilarious. It should be fun. Bring some life, something different to the show that, you know, nobody would expect. But I love the idea, Katara. <laughs> oh, no. That's... Yeah. Yeah. The Puppy Bowl and the Kitten Bowl, which is Puppy Bowl on, um, on Animal Planet, Kitten Bowls on Hallmark. I'll post some highlights and, and and speak on that. But yeah, yeah, that should make it more fun. <laughs> Give us all the game film. <laughs> that's that's the other thing I was going to talk about too, was the officiating. Because I've heard bad people say, oh, the officiating was bad. It did not use Qatar, but I'm talking about just in general. It didn't matter. They lost by three touchdowns. The officiating had nothing to do with that game. The, as 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 our as friend of the show Will Strickland would say, the excuse limit is zero. They lost. They got their asses kicked. Period. On both sides of the ball, it didn't matter. Period. It it uh, as a person who has had as many a run-ins with officials and officiating, and. Several times where my mouth has never gotten me a flag, never got me a 15-yard unsportsmanlike, none of that. I can give you people who know till this day that my motherfucking mouth used to fly like crazy. Officials can sway momentum. And it's not and and it's not a matter of just like positioning on the field and things like that. It comes down to your mental psyche, too, because players do get to a point where you're saying, yo, what the fuck? Everything feels one-sided. No matter what gets done, everything feels one-sided. And now, this wasn't no determining factor in the game, but 
one point that was a bit of a turning point was when Brady was in Tyron Matthews face first. And now this is a recent problem that I'm noticing, not just in football, but just across the board. But the person who started the problem first was the one playing, not playing victim, but was the one that was screaming the loudest after they got hit back. And all Tyron Matthew did was get in his face like this. That's why I made that post on my th- on my timeline where I said the referees in the game, personal foul, talking to Tom Brady on sportsmanlike conduct, <laughs> you know, penalty assessed at the kickoff. Because it was like it it was shit like that that was noticeable. But still, back to your point, JP, you still have to play through that. No matter what you think officials do, guess what? Now you still have to play a level above that. Even when you feel like you're playing against the 11 men on the field plus the six referees, guess what? You still got to tighten up your screws and play even further above that. So if you want to say it's just, a lot. It's a lot of mental. For, just a lot of mental fortitude, bro. Especially yeah. if it's affecting yardage and you know, comes of field position and stuff like that. It just makes that rule tougher to climb. It's, that's a lot yeah. of ass. But like you said, you got to play the game. You know, yeah, hopefully you, you can get you some calls back regardless. in your favor. You got to tilt it. Yeah. You have to play regardless, and that's that's really what it's all about. No matter what, you still got to play the game. You still got to play the game. So like JP was saying, you know, yeah, excuses are limited. Excuses are over and done when the game when the game is over. But if you really understand and really know what you look at and things like that, and understand, like I was talking about Carson Wentz. This dude was asking me earlier, yo, you're going to give my team Carson Wentz? I was like, you're a Colts fan, right? I was like, yeah. I was like, you can take him. I don't give a fuck. But I don't want him to go. Because when you put into a factor of everything that he went through this whole entire season, from a banged-up, rotating offensive line, half-assed skill players at their position, getting knocked around because your offensive line is trash, that is going to put you in a mental state that is very hard to recover from. It's very hard to recover from. And that's what makes you look like or have people like in our group say he sucks because you don't, You got beat the fuck down into submission. You got beat into submission, but guess what? You still have to get up in every day and understand you still got to play the game. Hey, Dan. You got to find ways to get through those yips and regardless, but you got to play the game. D- Dan, one of, um, one of the things that I'm hearing is that, and I've listened to several sports radio stations here in Philly and talk shows, and people are saying they want Carson Wentz. I'm talking about players want Carson Wentz out of here. His yeah, own, yeah. Team, his own team has even said, like, yo, this guy's got to go. He's lost the locker room. So he yeah. probably is going to go. And they're talking about maybe two second-round picks and a third or fourth-round pick for Carson Wentz. So well, wow. I I didn't, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, fine wow. Wow. I'm fine with that. I didn't want to take that down that rabbit hole. I was just giving him – I was using him as an explanation yeah. of – what, what what goes on into a person's psyche while playing the game. But we got the homie, former guest of the show, Chris Milliner, 
who, I mean, I know it sucked to see your Buffalo Bills go down the way they did only for the Chiefs to shit the bed. <laughs> What's good? What's going on, man? Yo, shout out to y'all. I'm glad I could check in today. I just wanted to pop in real quick about this uh, this Chiefs slash quarterback conversation because I want people to know if you watch the Bills-Chiefs game, they got beat the exactly, exactly the same way my Bills did. The Buccaneers employed the same game plan against the Chiefs, and Andy <laughs> Reid went 2004 Andy Reid. He couldn't make an adjustment. He didn't add, <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't add any extra protections. He just said, my, my, my young gunslinger is going to win me this football game with this bad toe. And, and then, you know, and when they double teamed their two best players, which Buffalo didn't do, we just sat in soft zone the entire game, which was psycho. But mm-hmm. I, I just I, I can't understand why people can't see that. You cannot take anything away from the Buccaneers defense. They asked Patrick Mahomes to win the game from the pocket. They did not allow him to scramble out to his left and break containment. They, they they kept him on one half of the field the entire game and doubled his main two targets, and he couldn't get it done. And it's and then that's the thing. It's like people don't understand. Like on it's a, styles make fights, and that fight was made by the style of football that they play. Absolutely. And the, I'm not saying Patrick mm. Mahomes is not great, but the game of football to win over a long period of time, you're gonna have to win it from the pocket. When it matters, you're going to have to stand in that yes. pocket. You're going to have to make complicated reads. You're going to have to make Sammy Watkins an effective player. You're going to have to make guys who aren't quite that great or good anymore an effective player. And he couldn't do it. He just mm-hmm. couldn't. So that's that's all. I just I hate people. Isn't that, again, no. But 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 Chris, again, as I broke down a little bit earlier, when you have two ends that are down your throat each and every play. With safeties and corners taking away your deep option every single play, and wide receivers and tight ends, every you know, I couldn't tell you how many times I was disappointed by uh, by Travis Kelsey dropping passes, yeah, but you know what, wide open passes, so it's not all on the quarterback at some point. The other teammates got to say, Yo, I have to, I have to keep my end up. When you got Mahomes out there freaking laying in midair, vertically, I mean, horizontal to the turf, like literally flat like Superman and still delivering strikes at tight spirals. Like the man has tried to do what he could. Everybody else still had to fill in and play their part. That's why I say we can't always talk about quarterback. You got to look at every other piece that goes down within the situation. Well, well, it's just like, what um this is a perfect example like billet belichick wants wants your weakest player to beat them right so mm-hmm. what he did in the super bowl he took away hakeem nicks and who beat them uh the other wide receiver uh manningham mario manningham beat them he made it a phenomenal catch but that catch turned the tide of the of the of the super bowl at the end of the day so like like Chris was saying, uh, styles dictate fights. So if the defense is dictating a certain style, either you adjust or you don't. And, you know, you got plenty of evidence on film and tape to go over during the halftime in between plays with all them damn commercials and stuff to either figure it out or, you, like you said, you got to put your trust in a Sammy Watkins, a Miko Hardiman, you know, 
get the get the rookie running back involved on some screens or some you know uh, uh, out routes or something like that, something across the middle to uh, change the dynamic to keep the the defensive ends off your neck. You know, bring the safeties up so you can get that man on man coverage. Do something. You have to change the dynamics of what's going on. But if the personnel can't perform, then you're stuck with what you have. Well, what I see, though, um, and this is not just me being a Bills fan, but Josh Allen got criticized for doing a lot of the same things that uh, Mahomes does, only because it generally works out for Mahomes because he has better players around him. And, you know, it, it just it, it tends to work a little bit better. But it, that was backyard football. They've been winning off backyard football. Scramble around, Tyreek Hill, break containment. None of these guys on that team can run the route tree. None of these guys get separation just, just off the line of scrimmage. Everything they do is just based on uh, Mahomes moving the defense, moving the pocket, breaking containment, throwing the people six seconds after the snap. You can't cover anybody longer than two and a half seconds. But see, it didn't work that game. And I think the, the drop passes and all that, were just a function of a physicality that they hadn't seen in a team that wasn't backing down. But like like TJ says, every team has blitz beaters. When Josh Allen learned to go to his hot reads and blitz beaters this year, we didn't lose another game in the season. The Kansas City game was our last loss in the regular season uh, because Josh Allen had figured it out in the offense, figured out blitz beaters. And then I was, I was shocked that KC had no dynamic – or no sort of wrinkle to their running game where they got those backs out in the flats. I saw no drag routes. I saw no creativity. All I saw was Allen Iverson, 2001, trying to hear. <laughs> That's what I was and I'm like, yo. <laughs> but here's what I say, right? Pressure makes diamonds in certain moments. Andy Reid having that Super Bowl in his pocket with Mahomes, there was no pressure. Now, had they gone to a couple and lost and this might have been his job, you may have seen the pressure beyond, but I also think that there was a little bit of, oh, relax, you know, no one's going to kill us. You know yeah, what I'm saying? They, were, they weren't as hungry. They weren't as hungry as that no, first one. No, and I, almost, I blame the coaching staff for that. If there's no ref I, that can, you know, change I, I almost you, you almost lost me for a minute when you uh, – I forgot which point it was. I don't think it was just the backyard football point, but you reined it back in with, with several other points. And the one that triggered me just now was the blitz beater conversation talk, which Travis Kelsey is usually that guy. Wide open in that game, he dropped tons of passes. But but how were they wide and open? Even they were nine, eight seconds later. He's fighting off of coverages. He's got to be well, physical. It, 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 it happened a lot, but also Mahomes wasn't really – he didn't really have the five, six to eight seconds in that game that often because freaking uh, – what's his name? Um, Fucking hamburger – JPP. I, my, <laughs> no, just – you know what I was about to say. Freddie Finger. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect. I, I almost said hamburger helper hands, but you know, but JPP Sue and that whole defensive line was bawling the fuck out that whole game. And again, they took advantage of 
two guys who probably barely seen the field all year because the Chiefs' two starting – both – yo, you lose both bookends for the Super Bowl. That the is Chiefs, such a huge loss. The Chiefs should have ran the ball more too, in my opinion. You see, but, exactly. but uh, JP, I was hoping for the same thing, but I also went into the game understanding – that is going to be their downfall. And when, again, you are missing two offensive linemen like that where their run game is heavily based outside, outside in, in um, damn it, in like the, the five to seven gap range. They're not really an inside zero, one, three gap range running team. They usually, the tackles are very important in those situations. See, I, I like that. Usually, now, I would say coaching would put you in a position to say, you know what, let's get some of these guys some confidence by pushing the ball in the run game first to try to make it easier, to Good try point. to give them. That's usually how that kind of works. But you talk about Andy Reid, like, like Chris said. Andy Reid went back to coach, Andy Reid and pass it, pass, pass, pass. But, but listen, the coach also, when he did call run plays, was Andy Reid out there running the ball. No, he wasn't. At some, so get the uh, my point is is get that off the coach for a second. The players still have to perform. No coach draws up a play to say, "Yo, this isn't supposed to work." Every play a coach draws up is supposed to work. The other team is supposed to counter that play. The players are supposed execution. to be the ones to step up and execute. Exactly. Execution. Exactly. And and that's why we can't always put it. Yeah, you well, want it with the coach. Yeah, they definitely. And and we're gonna leave that right there at that, man, because we wasn't supposed to go this long in this game. I said only JP was supposed to talk about it because he was the only one hype about Tom Brady winning. But <laughs> but it did happen that way. Great conversation, Chris. If you want to stick around for a little while, you can, man, because later in the show we're talking about our culture of hip hop and how it pretty much defines black culture in America in our series of the month. But Katara, do you want to go into your topic or do you, you want me to go into the other topic? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and it's just, uh, and we'll do it real quick. Um, John Fetterman, those who are, who is, I forgot his title in Pennsylvania, even though I follow him on Twitter. He, he's um, a mayor he, of some town. Yeah. Yeah, well, he was, and now lieutenant he's, governor. Yeah, he's lieutenant governor now. So, and and okay, so he's running for senate. Um, and, and and he claims the Republicans brought this up, but doesn't matter who brought it up. What happened if um uh, like while he was mayor, he one day um he heard a loud noise. He assumed it was gunshots. Um. He saw a black, a young black man jogging. I don't care where he was. They, he claims he was jogging towards an elementary school, but people jog. Anyway, jogging. He, I, th- I guess he took his four-year-old son home, grabbed his shotgun, went in the truck and, and followed him. And, and this is where it gets, it, it gets a little racy uh, it, that uh, the guy said he, he approached him with the shotgun. Uh, Fetterman saying he didn't do that. He stayed in the car. He also called the police. So, and, and I think like six police called with him and the shotgun. Come to find out, he's a jogger. He had nothing to do with whatever he heard, noise we heard. 
Um, and uh, that's it. And it was, it, 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 that, that's what it is. So they wasted their time, period. Now, it's coming back up because he, now, and, and like I said, if he acknowledges, because to me, it seems like, you know, he, he not only he made a dumb mistake, he he may have broke the law with the gun and stuff, but he also was racial profile, period. That, that he won't admit to it, but that's what he was doing. He pro he made the assumption that th this jogger had some gun and that's it. Now, his defense, um, what, what was I gonna see? I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get both sides. His defense, this article he um, said that, and this was last year, there was a gun near the a place where he used to live. I, I don't know how that has to do with the story, but he was, I guess he was saying, it was a, he lived in 80% black neighborhood. It was dangerous, blah, blah, blah. And this was right after Sandy Hook. So that's what got his mind thinking. But my point is, okay, whatever. It's me growing up in a black neighborhood, I'm sorry that in hearing occasionally gunshots, I'm sorry, I'm not thinking some jogger is, is the thing anyway. But he, um, he said, what, what, what else did he said? See, I'm forgetting now. But, it, and so that was, he was saying he made, he only made the mistake of bringing his gun or whatever. And he, he it, it's like he does, he's, he's making a lot of excuses, knowing darn well that if this was a white jogger, he wouldn't have done all that. That's the part, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and it's, and, and I was telling Dan, it's important because this guy is running from Senate and he's running on fairness to all and everything. He needs to recognize his own prejudices period um and he needs the director if he does he comes out and says okay you know uh, it would be better because let me tell right. you if some, yeah if something else comes up you know it's going to be this this which i'm i'm sure something else could come up it's going to be that and that his this part this this story is going to have an effect you know, and if he's still denying it to this day after his own wife was racially profiled last year, that it's a, it's a problem. And it, to me, it's a problem because how else, what, what, what else is going to come up and what are you going to think then? So that's why well, I wanted to bring this up. This is, you know, something else is going to come up, I, you know, and I'm going to, well, if, if, huh? Well, Chris, Chris, I was going to say, Chris, you being the one PA resident that's, that's oh. on here. Like, have you heard anything about this guy in this situation and in in this case with this with this man? So I heard a little bit about of it about it. To be honest, I haven't really tuned into it because once I heard the initial story, it just sounded like just another uh, example of white people deputizing themselves and then wanting some repentance for these bad moments. And then now it's coming up later, and I'm just one of the people where it's like, okay. You know, is this is it's I put it in the same box as the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson thing. It's like, yeah, this is come lately information. And all it is is really to just to reignite sort of, you know, the anger and angst. And I, I just I don't know. I, I'm not downplaying the story or something that is definitely despicable, but it just sounds like just another case of self-deputizing. So what say that yeah. last part? Self-deputizing. Self Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have the right to go, you know, enforce the law. Everybody's Judge Dredd when they see black people. Mm. <laughs> Good point. I, Good I point. um, I've heard, I've, I've, I've followed it a little bit myself, 
Um, yeah, it's and remember this happened back in 2013, right after you know Trayvon Martin as well. Right. You know, so this is coming on the up the heels of after what happened to Trayvon Martin. Um, another thing is too, this is a very very important seat because the senator that had that seat, Pat Toomey, who was a Republican, actually resigned. So it's an important seat for the Senate for Pennsylvania to win this seat. Um, he really needs to start talking more about this and apologizing because people are not going to vote, especially the black voters who, who really had an influence on the presidential election as well with Joe Biden. You know, with him, Philadelphia came out and represented. So if you want Philadelphia to come out and represent again, this guy's really got to say, you know, what, what he really feels about this situation and, you know, offer an apology and really talk about this because, look, let me tell you something, the black vote's not going to be taken for granted anymore, especially after this presidential election in the Senate runoff down in Georgia. And, um, you know, you might have to find another Senate, Senate candidate to run against him who's strong as well. For, to, for him to run against, because there's a lot of things that, that he's done that I actually agree with. Right. You know, he, he's, he's, Fetterman seems to be a good candidate. So right. he really needs to spin this in the subway because, look, the reason why I say the Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania said it's important is because you see with this dude in West Virginia, I forget his name, the senator out there who's really very conservative, even though he's a Democrat. And I don't get caught up in the Democrat-Republican stuff because, you know, there's some Democrats that I don't agree with neither. However, it's important for them to get that seat just in case the dude in West Virginia goes full conservative the other way and starts voting the, the other way, even though he's a Democrat, if you get what I'm saying. So, yeah, um, this whole Fetterman thing, it, it needs to be addressed. He needs to really say what happened if he wants to win this Senate seat because people are watching. They are watching this. So, hey, 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 JP, I got a quick question for you, all right? Yes, and sir. thanks for filling me in on it. Yeah, because I, like I said, I didn't tune in heavily to it. I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm trying to go, I, going through my political detox after the election. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I will say this. Doesn't that speak to the hopelessness of, of outrage over these sort of things? Because it's like, you know, you know he did this thing now after he's done things that you say you agree with. So what's mm. the end game of forcing him to, if he seems like the man that's right for the job now, what is to be gained from this? You see what I'm well, saying? Like, I, I know, I hear, I hear you clearly. I, look, I'm not saying for me, but you know it's going to be other people out there who are going to hold this against him over his head. You right. know, and, and, and that's, that's basically what I'm saying. And for those, how are you going to persuade those to vote for you who really would have voted you before that they hear this? They're going to be like, oh, man. Well, I'm not going to vote for him. Or I'm going to sit this election out. So that's something about mainly for those people. So, but right. shouldn't we demand a better voter? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, look, I think we need to attack the voter and not demand. If people out there like you see that these people are that easily swayed, like Springfield with the monorail, it's like, come on, man. I think Americans need to demand better voters from their fellow constituents. Oh, and I agree. Right. I, I agree. As a, as a whole, as a whole, America does need to be better as far as being educated politically of who they're going to vote for and, and, and stuff like that there. Because look, I look at it like this here. Okay, we, we like the Joe Biden. Joe Biden did some bad some bad things in the past too, but we seem to forgive that 
and let him and, and, and elected him in the office. So I think the Shout same thing happened to Fetterman too. Shout right. out to his well, homie Corn Pop. Shout out to Corn Pop. Isn't this the thing though? Isn't this the thing though? Everybody has a past. Everybody. Everyone. Yeah. yeah everybody and, does. That's right. what I said. Every, right. Everybody has, has a bone in a closet. Everybody has a bone in a closet. Right. But you have what I'm saying is this, and right, everyone has a past or whatever, but you <coughs> have to, but this can, like I said, I fought to be fair, I followed him before I found out and I still follow him on Twitter. I just be and but I don't see him much. But what I'm saying is this, you uh um if this comes, he has to make it because other things can come out, come out about this. And then we'll see a side that some of us have not seen a side, you know, and it's important that we see everything. I want to see everything. Uh, I knew about Joe Biden's, uh, you know, that bill probably last two years ago. I knew that, that to make a thing. And even he apologized that he needs to acknowledge what he did so uh, what he did was well racial profiling because if he doesn't there who's to say this is going to not going to happen again or it's going to happen on a deeper level where where he's voting on if, if he makes the uh the senate he's voting on something and he said oh well well that's you know what i'm saying it, it can come back it can his it, I'm, I'm looking at his mindset what is your mindset because if you're thinking that's not right that, that everything is okay, what else are you making exceptions for? What else will you make exceptions for? That's where I'm going with that. Now, if, you know, and, and, and to be fair, the guy, right, it, it, you know, he's in jail right now for something totally different, happened way after later. So I just want to make everyone aware of the facts so someone doesn't come out and say, well, he's in jail. He's already, you know, for something else. But my point about it is uh, we need, well, the people in Pennsylvania, I should say, not just me because I'm not there need to, to know everything to make a decision you know because let's say let's say a, a, another Democrat comes and while he's while he's there and then they're going to be like well who are we going to vote for that's my point that, that that's just what I'm saying here yeah and I feel that but at some point the people have it's time for the people especially in our community to start voting for our interests right like right. it's just about like regardless it's like look you didn't, no one ever got to these high seats by being a perfect angel because perfect angels don't exist. But it's like, what is the alternative? That should be your vote. All right, yeah. we voted for you. We found this thing out. What's our alternative? Am I going to vote for, you know, Satan? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, we have to know what the alternative is and then place your vote because you got to do what's best for you okay. like you. And that, that's why I say we just need a better voter. That expo okay. that that goes to my points to as Katara knows when I talk about independent voting and, and things like that, where people would to what you exactly what you just said. People need to start paying more attention to policy than a person's past. Because so, a person's past doesn't technically dictate their future. I.e., Joe Biden was the perfect example. Joe Biden was one of those lock those mother effers up three strikes rule people. Mm -hmm. But as you said, he atoned, he can, he apologized for his past, but also led the way and have done better in his future. Right. And also, and, and, and it's about policy in the future. So yeah, like, uh, again, so it, it's literally like, okay, say what you want about Bill Cosby. Are we going to throw away all the good that he did for the, for the black community? 
even though he was a piece of shit back in the 60s and 70s, drugging women, when at the time doing that was the thing to do. But in today's lens, it's even then it was no good. Even then it was no good. Today's lens, it looked even worse, landed his ass in jail. Right. As he, in my opinion, rightfully so. But we also, are we going to dismiss the fact that he's put hundreds of kids through black colleges or, or in college period by way of uh, his work with television inspired kids to go to HBCUs and things like that. So it's, it's like, a, yeah, it's, you, you, right. you gotta look at some of the history to understand the future, but also see where they're at more current day and what they're going to do, just speaking politician-wise, because Cosby wasn't a politician. But, <laughs> but he's a political it, it's about, right, what right, is It's his... about policy-wise and what they're going to do better for you and then holding them accountable. Right, have, have... So, okay, so then with that thing, what is Fetterman's policies now and what he wants to do in the Senate then? And, and that's, right. what, that's what needs to be paid attention to. You can't mm -hmm. ask me that's because a, I didn't know who he was. That's a hundred thousand dollar question. Yes, huh? I didn't know who he was right. until you delivered him to us. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so, I, didn't, but, I wasn't familiar. You educated us on this. Right, okay, <laughs> so then, then that's what, okay, then I need to see yes. his policies then. Now, if yes. his policies are, well, well, again, I'm not in Pennsylvania or whatever, but if his policies, that's what I'm saying. Is that mindset going to seep it or already seeped into his policies? I don't know. But yes, I'll look up to see what his and, policies are for the Senate. Right. It's and just that's like the anything best else. we need to hope for. That's it. Right. It's just like anything else. Has he grown from his mistakes? Has he learned from his past? Is he, has he atoned for it? Is he a better person now than he was? You know, you're not the same person as you were at 18, as you were at 21, as you are at 44. You know what I'm saying? You should have wisdom, knowledge. You know, you should be more, you know, concerned about how other people see you due to the fact of who you are and the position you hold. Definitely. Right. Are those, are those, can, are those changes tangible and can you see them on a day-to-day -day basis? Can, like you said, can you see that in his policies? Can you see it in the way he speaks now? Can you see it in the way he's talking and trying to get where he needs to go in his ascension to be uh, governor or wherever he, or senator or wherever he wants to go after this? No, then you got to get him out of here. Yes, then you got to rock with him. I mean, it's, yeah. it's and, that simple, but now, you got to do the deep dive and see that. A lot of people will say, oh, but you can still be grilled and questioned for your past. Fine, so be it. But within that, respectfully allow people to grow okay. because like we just said people can change people can i mean there was there's been videos and stuff out there over the past five to six years i'm sure we all seen it of the guy who said he was a former clansman but turned his life around and doesn't see himself that and doesn't represent that anyway anymore anyway right you as a person you have every right to still hold him accountable for what he did past then but if he's shown correction in his ways, then, you know, stay to the side. But it's like, yo, I respect your change. I might not trust it personally, but I respect your growth. And as long as you at least show that you're growing and have removed yourself from what your past was, allow, that's, this is a part of the whole huge problem behind 
cancel culture and shit like that, which we're still going to have that conversation. We're still going to have that conversation. We're going to get the homie Brian Carr back on about that because he wanted to be in went on it. But this this ties into the whole cancel culture type of conversation, though, where it's just like, oh, you did this shit back in 1965. So this is 2021. You shouldn't be making money. You shouldn't be able to live your life the way you did because you never answered for some yeah. shit. 50- you can't feed your kids no more. Right. <laughs> but that's the thing. It depends on what it is. If you're a clan man, you're a clan man. I, former clan man, okay, <laughs> you're, you're going to have, I'm not saying Fetterman's a clan man because I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but no, no, you, no. like David Duke, okay? Come on. I don't care. I don't care what he's saying now. I No trust whatsoever. So you what? have to weigh. I under, I agree. You have to weigh it to what he is. But that's the thing. And and Chris, you have a point. Be a smarter voter. What is his policies right now? What are what is he willing to? And and this is just going in deep in politics. What is he willing to disregard because he can? You know, with the Republicans. And what is he willing to keep? That's where that's where it comes in. You know what I'm saying? And 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 and, and you know that it, it's what it's it is what it is. I think cancel culture has been around longer than all of this so it, it is what it is with that you know what i'm right. saying we're not going to always you know and and then some people there's exceptions to the rule of course of course but but yeah i i, I do see that i do see that we, you have to weigh in what is he doing if he's if he's being in a a, a somewhere where you're you're he's going to be representing he needs to be well he needs to be put under a microscope on everything so we need to make sure everything's okay that's where my right. Got it. Got it. Great conversation. I did I wasn't sure where this one was gonna go, but this was good. This was good. But uh next up, and before we get into the hip hop conversation, we gotta I, I'm gonna let this play with no audio uh while while we're here because this is some bullshit that has resurrected itself. If y'all are familiar with this outstanding young woman, Simone oh. Biles. The greatest gymnast ever at such a young age. You're going to see her pull off moves in this thing. One of the moves that she has done, which was named after her, is called the Biles, which was the most difficult move. I think that might have been it right there. If not, I think it comes later in the routine. But it is known to be the most difficult move in gymnastics history that nobody has pulled off but her that has attained her perfect scores and and once again set her above everyone else. And now it seems that the gymnastics and I guess Olympic committee, whoever the judging committee is, wants to now reduce the effectiveness of doing that move because she's the only person who can do it. When I heard about this, when I first read about this and, and, and saw all the articles and stuff behind this, it immediately made me think about this is everybody wins a trophy type of culture. This is everybody needs to win a trophy type of shenanigans. And just because old Nadia Slav, whatever Slava, Lava, Dab, whatever the fucking <laughs> name can be, you know, <laughs> Can't do can't do or pull off the same moves that this young little black girl that little because she's short, but young young woman, young black woman can do. You now want to penalize her 
because of what she created, what she was able to pull off that was historic and, you know, in every sense of the word of historic. But you, you pretty much nullify, you pretty much nullified this move from this woman because other people can't do it. Well, but you know what? We've seen this before. We've seen rules change all the time in every sport to uphold the status quo until enough people come in and, and change the course of it. This is why they banned dunking with Will Chamberlain, which inspired a whole generation of black basketball players to come in and dunk on these white people. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and then, you know, whenever, like the NBA has changed its rules time and again to, to you know, to, to, to keep its game effective and all of that until, you know, the athleticism or the skill catches up or whatever sort of physical, you know, archetype comes into the league and gets it to the point where they want. So, I mean, is this a racial thing? Probably, you know, they definitely want to level the playing field, but this is, this is, this is the, this is the part about being the first over the hill. You get all the arrows 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. I hope to see nine or 10 Simone Biles that they can't turn away. And I hope to see him from all countries and, and all that, because evidently like we know she's the only one, at this point at on the Olympic level who's been trained and has that ability that we know of. But you know, right. there may be other X-Men and X-Women out there. We just need this to find true. them. That's it. So right. this is true. Right. Uh, honestly, it's it's just like Chris said, the, the, these gym, they're, they're doing it because it's her, just like they did the slam dunk foolishness or whatever. It's cause it's her. It's because of who she is or what skin color she is to be more exact. Because if, 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 if a white gymnast from any country did this, it wouldn't be getting the same thing as others, uh, as Simone has done this, as, as Simone Biles is. And, and, and honestly, they need to, the, let's, let's call a spade a spade. With, these, with sports, they need to step up their game. Is it a dangerous um Routine, oh, of course it is. So then you got to proceed with caution. Don't sit here and make an excuse. Well, someone can break their neck. They can break a neck doing anything. You know, exactly. yeah, them gymnasts <laughs> need to step up their game. Don't, don't dumb it down. Cause y'all know, cause, 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 cause if, if I know, if I understand completely, a lot of people were complaining that, oh, well, you're dumbing down this for this, uh, for they, 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 they people in, in um, say that, those of who are minorities are not, or they used to believe that are not as smarts, but we're not going to dumb anything down. Well, keep that same energy. Okay. This woman is, is, is a goat. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade. She is great. So they need to up their game. She is the goat. She is the, the goat. Yes. She is the goat. <laughs> right. They the need goat. to up their not game. Hey, hey, this is, this is one of them sports where, yeah, this is one of them sports where this is this is clear cut. Like, there's no yeah, there's questions. no debate. Right. Yeah. There's right. No debate. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so it, it's just they need to up their game. Now, will that take time, or you know, some new gymnast may be able to find? But don't sit here and penalize Simone for this because other people can't do what she can do. That's why she has the gold medal. Duh. So this that's is my fan. This is the equivalent of the kid getting beat, and then he's the one who brought the ball and took his ball home, so nobody can play now. This is this no, is the equivalent no, of that. No. He's like, I'm not, going. Not, not really, not really, because 
Simone is the one who brought the ball in this situation and they took it from her. So this is the equivalent in your case to, to help you clarify, this is the kid who brought the ball done crossed up everybody on the court and the bully on the court took his ball and roofed it and said, fuck you because you embarrassed me. Because you embarrassed me. <laughs> I also say it's the, I also say it's the equivalent of uh you know uh Jack Johnson. Why they put him in jail? Because nobody yeah. could beat him. So nobody could beat him. Hard. You know what mm. I mean? That and that's it. Just she's Jack nobody, Johnson at her time. What, what nobody nobody can this is really equivalent of lack women. of melanin. But this is which is the equivalent of lack of melanin, lack of melanin can't perform at the that's same it. rate or or a ceiling. As as people who are who are doing it, and they're just moving goalposts, like we like they hate to yeah. say, they're just moving the goalposts to make it easier for the next person to come through. If the shoe was on the other foot, they'd keep that bar so fucking high. It, they'd be like, "Oh, this will never be broken. This will never be obtainable." And then I, somebody what, comes along and smashes it, and they don't know how to act or deal with that. And to what you said just now, TJ, to shout out to Ed Molina comments, he said, sports evolve. Let the rest of the field catch up to the bar. The bar that Biles has set, it has, you know, he's meant to say has been set. Courtney goes, because remember, we just had Gabby Douglas and we thought she was the greatest. That is not true because Gabby Douglas was actually getting beat often. Uh, then Simone came right after the support, the sport is evolving. Absolutely. When this actually perfectly ties into our last topic, because Simone Biles being an originator, being a, the, a, a, an archetype for something that was never to have been done before. Once again, proving into why black culture is thoroughly American culture by way of this culture that we call hip hop. And I'm going to continue to stress that this is the culture of hip hop. It's not just rap music. People love to just spin, oh no, this is hip hop music versus this is just rap music. No, 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 no. This is, we are talking the whole spectrum and umbrella. And even to some of the stuff you mentioned earlier, Chris, about how like you see how the rules get changed. And think about hip hop's influence on the NBA or even basketball's influence on hip hop too, because we talk hip hop's influence on the NBA. You mentioned AI earlier. Think about his fashion sense when he was in the league. What did it happen? What happened with that? David Stern then instituted the dress code rule where you had to come in in suit and tie. You couldn't come in and quote-unquote hip-hop black street attire at the time right you you had the uh you had and then where the flip-flop is where basketball influenced well basketball no it still was influenced by hip-hop culture by way of the fab five and how the fab five made baggy clothing a thing in some sort of a way by way of the taking Jalen rose taking the center shorts and rocking them on the court. Hip hop is such the most influential thing that goes on in this world to this day. Not just by music, but by fashion, by, by lifestyle, by we have some of the biggest business moguls in the world. Diddy, Jay-Z, 
Um, 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 even if you want to say Rihanna, Rihanna came up in some sort of respects through hip hop culture. It might have been on the R and B kind of dance hall tip, but it still kind of represents the culture as a whole. You bring it back to you know from the first party to the DJ, uh, you know, and and the DJ man, the DJ. You can say that the, the turntable itself is now considered a musical instrument. Thank you to the culture of hip hop by way of the evolution in that and turntablism. Uh, shout out to our homie, Will Strickland. He was the person who helped create the first accredited college course on the culture of hip hop in the world. Shout out to my friend, uh, Summer Willow, and her partner, Ladies Love Hip Hop Podcast, their new podcast is called Hip Hop is Higher Ed. Hip Hop has been placed in higher education now for the past 15 to 20 years, where rappers like Nas, getting, I believe, getting honorary degrees from Harvard, getting to speak at Harvard, um, the Jizza. How many people are now opening themselves up and learning in the world of science, thanks to people like the Jizza? Or, or, or how many people took on martial arts thanks to Wu-Tang Clan? How many people, you know, how, how many people uh, <laughs> wore their clothes backwards thanks to Crisscross? If you were old enough for that era, you know, like hip hop culture born out of poverty in here in New York City, in the Bronx, debatable whether you want to say the Bronx or Brooklyn. There's another rabbit hole that we're going to leave to the side for now. But it was born out of poverty. It was born out of lack of. It was born out of the love of music, the love of the people bringing community together. As the old saying, peace, love, unity, having fun. These are things that we do live, breathe on a daily basis. Whether people decide to bring beef into their world or not, it's peace, love, unity, and having fun all day, every day for most of us. Hip hop, I mean, hip hop has even influenced its way into certain markets of television that you wouldn't even see. When, um, what was the dude from the Daily News, TJ, who, uh, Mike Lupica, quoting MF Doom bars on a television show. Hip hop being Jeopardy questions. Yes. Like, like hip hop defines, in my humble opinion, hip hop defines what America has been for the last 20 plus years and will continue to be because we are the number one culture within this world. Whoever wants to go at it, guys. Um, well, you said a lot. <laughs> um, and, and let me just add to what you were just saying. It even seeped into um, opera and, and, and the play and theater as everyone seen with Hamilton. But even before Hamilton, little plays here and there that, you know, elementary school or high school plays, they incorporated hip hop in it. So like you said, it, it, it just incorporated its way into America. It caused people to um, like other interests just because of that. Um, and it's, it's a game changer, <laughs> as you said. Yeah. I mean, like you said, with the plays, like hip hop dance, b-boy and breaking all types of other stuff has been brought into the world and exposed to the world i mean you can go back as far as the movies like breaking yeah breaking even 
<laughs> rest in peace to Shabadu. Um, right. Excuse me. But I wanted to get to Ed Molina's comment real quick. And he said, look at how Tom Morello Rage Against the Mach- from Rage Against the Machine, which Rage Against the Machine is very hip hop. He said, uses his guitar like a turntable. He has said in his interviews he wanted to replicate that sound and his love of hip hop. It, it's, you know, Beyonce and Carmen, like Courtney just said in the thing, like the hip hop that Carmen, the hip opera. I mean, Chris, I mean, you being you you rap a little case right like uh, hip hop well, to I, you and, and being black so such influential in black culture and being black culture being such this being a part of black culture and its influence on america yeah i just think that yo for everything you said you and Qatar, y'all are absolutely right but i think what's important is that we continue to define where hip hop came from and continue to make sure people understand how it got to the point it's at. Because like one of the things I hear is bastardization and things like that, but I've also seen hip hop culture misrepresented, you know, to, to, to look like it's the driver behind the most nefarious things going on in the world and especially in our community. And I'm like, no, that is not hip hop culture. That is, you know, I guess criminal culture or drug culture or everything. Hip hop is just, you know, let's, let's, that's not what hip hop is. Hip hop is a unifying force to inform, to impact change. And to, uh, to me, it's always been to get a message across that, you know, mainstream America never wanted to get across. Hip hop culture is subculture. It's the biggest subculture that's ever been created. And it still goes on because now, I, I don't think it's ever been mainstream. You just saw with our most recent political issues that there's still uh, a pushback against the foundation of hip hop, which is, you know, representation, which is inclusion, which is, uh, you know, uh, rebelliousness and, 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 you know, freedom of thought and formlessness. You know what I'm saying? Bruce Lee was very hip hop with his thought process. Muhammad Ali was hip hop with his thought process. There were so many people, James Brown is the forefather because his music was, it wasn't, it, it wasn't to the, to the stencil of everybody and, of his time. You know what I mean? specifically on James Brown, and specifically on James Brown, if it wasn't for Clyde Stubblefield, he might not have given hip hop its heartbeat as the yeah. funky drummer. If you want to really break it down further like Indeed. that, without Clyde Stubblefield, he would not. He might not have given hip hop the heartbeat that 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 it is. I mean, yeah. though we can also spin it from disco and things like that. But when you talk the political space in in hip hop, let's remember from uh, Bush Two's second running, Puffy coming in with the voter die campaign. Yep, it goes back further than that with PE and fight the power. You know oh, what I'm saying? And, like- and Shirley Chisholm. Right. Reagan is the president. I voted for Shirley Chisholm, Shirley Chisholm even right. though Shirley Chisholm was anti and was breaking the CDs in, in front of the cameras. Indeed, indeed. I mean, I mean, stuff that you learned. Like I learned a lot from even Karis One about politics and religion that I would have never learned by just picking up a book and voluntarily reading it myself because yeah, well, it didn't interest I, me. KRS is my favorite MC ever, but also also KRS. KRS might have uh, given a few unfortunate lives in some ways, they say. He, he <laughs> did. Mis- not lives, but mis- 
not lies, but misinformation. Let's just say right. like that misinformation. Right. <laughs> it's like P. It's it's, it's like PE. PE taught me like you know taught a lot of us about the Black Panther Party and and you know what I'm saying Black Power era and stuff. So yeah, man, hip hop definitely um it's the most dominant culture right right now not only in America but probably the world. It you is know? the world. Yeah, it is yeah. the world. You know how yeah, much love they get overseas? Like yeah, UK, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's the most dominant international wave overseas. is ridiculous. Like and the Japan's genre, respect for the culture. Japan's respect for the culture yeah. is even more insane. Yeah, that's yeah. the actual culture, though, not just the songs they're hearing on the radio or so, yeah. the yeah, yeah, specimen that's put out in front to represent the culture by corporate America. You know what exactly. I mean? Right. It's important that we continue to, you know, and people of all ages need to be aware of its history so it can keep having the positive effect on world culture and, and, bringing, and bringing more people together. You see what I'm saying? Like, I think that's the most important thing about hip hop is preserving what it what it actually was and what it actually means. Because, like, I still play P.E. and people I'm not that old. You know what I'm saying? But I I was the youngest of six. My oldest sibling is 48. And my first memories are hearing P.E., but also hearing native tongue. I heard native tongues mm-hmm. as much as I watched Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. You see what I'm saying? I heard, <laughs> you know, I still remember, you know, being from, because I'm from South Jersey, like poor righteous teachers, rock this funky joint. I yeah. still remember, you know, like where I'm from, Channel Live is from there. Like it's so many. Like, I, just, I mean, yeah, yeah the, list, the list is huge. So, yeah. Chris, so Chris, you grew up in Willingboro, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, that's where I'm from too. So yeah, oh, okay. so yeah, that's what's yeah, up. so we both, so you know, what I'm saying we, yeah, definitely, yeah, you're right. Chat a lot, and you know, Willowbrook has a deep history of of hip hop. You know, we go to Megahurst to 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 um, see Chris Chris Chung, for instance. You know, we got a we, you know, you know how we roll Willowbrook, man, with, with hip hop. Yeah, yeah and, and and that's the dope thing. It's like hip hop made the black community smaller in a way because it connected us. It's like, yo, you're right, connected to New York. You're connected to Trent. You're connected to Irvington, East Orange, Plainfield, all of the black communities. They yeah. got to come together and we found our meeting places. Because I still remember what it was like when, you know, in my era, we couldn't go to certain clubs because we had hip hop dress and they didn't play hip hop music. Exactly. I, I, like, right, I don't remember right. that. Like, that's such a thing mm-hmm. in the past now because you got the, all it the was- kids. Hey, hey, Chris, hey, Chris, you remember, hey, hey, Chris, you remember, you remember, I know you were younger back then, I was a little older, you remember they had the No Rap Workday on Power 99, remember that back in the day, the No Rap Workday? Yep. And that was only 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember like the first hip hop DJ was like Kobe Kobe, but it wasn't something that was on 24 hours a day because it wasn't really acceptable, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of people don't realize what they're standing on the shoulders of and how it's pushed mm-hmm. society forward. Because yeah, hip-hop stations really just started popping up everywhere in the late 90s. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Like, and yes. and that, on, that, on that point there, yeah, it started to happen that way because we didn't allow it to die. At those times of the no rap work days and things like that, they just seen the music end of this culture as a fad, as a trend, and and and... It took radio stations to take chances. Like yep. Hot 97 in New York City back in the day was a dance music and house music station. It was more, no, no. 
it was a dance music, but predominantly freestyle music radio station until like the Funk Master Flex got there and started to do more, introduce more hip hop to it. Then you had the Red Alerts come over. You had Red Alert and Chuck Chill out on BLS on their and, late and, and night Kiss. Saturday night thing. Yeah, and listen, Kiss, uh, yeah, Kiss I FM remember. took a Kiss FM. It took a little while for them to get to them too, but they were all late night, eleven o'clock and later shows. And then yes. even with Hot ninety seven, once you started, once they started to really get into to the rap music. We got to remember, back in the 90s, rap was barely 20 years old as far as yeah. the music is concerned. So Indeed. it was still it was it was still experimental to where this is why we had the rocket or drop it's the hot five at nines, things like that. You was able to hear a different variety of music on your radio stations because they were trying them as radio stations was trying to grab and gain their audiences. So they gave shots to everything. Now the game has been morphed to what can you, the artist, bring to us? Because yeah. we are the platforms now, and it's so much easier for artists to get on, make a name for themselves because of all the technological advances. And we can spin that too. Shout outs, hate it or love it. Shout outs to the Soldier Boy who made YouTube a thing. And not just for hip hop. I mean, for YouTube. Because people weren't doing what he was doing and utilizing YouTube the way he was. And he was able to monetize off it heavily to now you can say that branched off into all the stuff that we see when well, it comes to YouTubers monetizing things. Another dope thing when you talk about that time, Soldier Boy is really, you yes. know, an innovator. And and he did yes. YouTube in MySpace, but there's two yes. artists, there's two artists that showed all these cats how to survive. You don't get your Griselda's, you don't get your your um you I know, think I know where you're going. I think I know you where you're going. I'm gonna tell you two artists. And it's because they showed you how to survive and that you can maintain a fan base after your mainstream viability is over. I'm going to go Prodigy. You know what I mean? With his H&IC, he went digital. Him and Joe Button are the two guys who went digital and survived. And they say, mm. I don't need majors. Yes, I'm the pump it up guy. Prodigy is like, yes, me and Harry don't like each other, but me and Alchemist are going to put out these niche. You know, they're almost like the niche restaurants in gentrified, in gentrified neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're only going to sell scones from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. But we're going to get out these scones. And then it's going to be like, whoever hurt me in life, and we're only going to rock to people who fuck with scones. These guys learned how to market, and they showed a lot of these underground cats how to continue to put music out amongst label turmoil and blackballing and all that. And that was like such a pivotal moment where it's like, I hear some of these guys complain now about what's out, but I'm like, you actually showed people how to go from from nothing to something overnight. You know, Soldier right. Boy, Soldier Boy just embraces it. A lot of some of these old heads that did it, they don't quite understand. Like, yo, what y'all created was was amazing, but there's gonna be some. You know, you're not gonna like everything, but what you did was revolutionize the way these labels even have to interact with artists. Right. And what what the old heads don't real we, we want to talk old heads real quick. What they yeah. don't realize is is that this thing evolves, right? Life evolves, exactly. everything evolves. It's got to grow, 
And the direction I thought you was going was a little bit further back because we have to give props to the masterpiece, the Jay-Z's, oh. Oh, and, the e, and the E-40s, and our brothers in the South would rap a lot and all of that because, and I, I give the most- Too short, of, hammer? I, no, no, well, well, no, no, I'm, this is by, but not, not hammer in this way, but too short is included into this wave too. These brothers taught you how to be independent. Yeah. Let's yeah. remember Rockefeller was like, yo, we already got a, a million dollars under our name. How do we make this a partnership? Master P taught you the independent hustle from the selling t t tapes out the trunk, even shout outs to Uncle Luke and all that. The, and, uh, well, I'll mm -hmm. get to Uncle Luke in a second, but like he taught, Master P was the biggest one to teach you how independence worked and how you can make this thing explode right. to the level to where Master P still to this day technically is the only person to ever cash out of the rap game. Right. If there's right. anybody who did something similar just now, it was, um, it was Joe Rogan, but he he's still doing the podcast. But he almost did the Master P way of thing of he sold his catalog for over a hundred million. If he wanted to walk away from podcasting from here on out, he was good. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, who was the name I met? Oh, I, Uncle Luke. Bringing it back to Uncle Luke. And rest in peace to Doom, a.k.a. Zev Love X in this era. Uncle Luke, along with... um. What's the dude, um, the, the rock dude with the big hair? But Uncle Luke was the one who started, the, who was the forefront of, 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 of getting the parental advisory sticker. Like he took hip hop, he took hip hop, rap music, but hip hop culture to court and won for us. He made it legal to even yes. make hip hop, you know, because yes. that was on trial. Yes. Like, the, like, yes. the dude was on trial. Yes. Yes. So it's like yes. this is it was freedom of speech. Yes. Yes. And see, and this is that people, because some of y'all have been real fucked up with this. That is real freedom of speech. Not I just want to talk all willy-nilly on a private platform online and you want to quote free speech because you're a fucking internet troll and you just want to talk shit online. That's no. What Luke did is free speech. Yeah. What Uncle Luke did was a fight for free speech. I, I, I'm, damn it. But then, Ed, I, damn, Ed in the Rick, comments, not not Rick Rubin. Ed, it was, it was the guy we're not from the band. we that did the song. We're not gonna take it. Gene Simmons. No, no, that's not James. Gene Simmons. That was Kiss, right? That was Kiss. No, I'm gonna remember it. I'll remember it. It was a dude. He had fucking big hair. Twisted Sister. There you go, D. Snyder. D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. Thank you, Ed. They all had big hair back then. Well, this is too big. Yeah, man. anybody. Nah, yeah, but no, it was it was D. Snyder who was the one, and also too, like I said, rest in peace to Doom, aka Zev Love X. Him and Sub Rock was up there testifying for hip hop, also. Young and yo, and, and this what blew my mind the other because I was thinking about this earlier this week. Doom did that and technically wasn't even a citizen of the United States. Because if y'all didn't know, when he came over from England, he never, certi he never certified as a citizen, never got, you know, did the paperwork and stuff to become a U.S. citizen. Still had his, and that's why 
He wore the mask? Under, well, no, he, that's not why he wore the mask. The mask is a totally oh. different story. I said that's a dope but, idea. No, but it was under when o- Obama's last term and his ICE rules of deportation, they didn't let him back into the country. Oh. And so he stayed. Yeah, but, but I just just the 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 levels that hip hop has infiltrated the world, and I I mean I we've said a lot today, but I think we're still just kind of scratching the surface. Well, we definitely are. Like like going back to the Soldier Boy Joe Button Project era era where everything was going digital, they pushed MySpace to the next level because hip hop music was what you could post and share. So they were actually the first streaming service. And then from there, remember ringtones popped up after MySpace. And we're only 15, 16 years in the social media being this thing. We're really only like eight years into a controlling society, right? Like like being the, the main driver of information. But right. we're only like 15 years in the social media and hip hop was there from day one pushing it forward because there were no streaming services. The only other, you know, it was either download illegally and destroy your computer on Napster or you go on or on LimeWire or you go on MySpace and find all the new artists you could possibly want. You know what I'm saying? And that, that was it. That was the first streaming service that I can possibly think of. And that was because of hip hop. Rappers were getting booked. Dudes was, you know, you know, turning into 100,000 errors overnight because hip hop was available on social media. And the people that were part of hip hop culture felt that need to connect. It felt that need to come out and participate in a culture. You know, I don't even think like a lot of people understand what it is to participate, what it is to go to your local artist show and watch them build that up, watch them take it or take it to the next level and represent your community and where you're from. I like people got to understand this is how we, you know, it's almost like it's almost like a way we drive industry. We drive our own industry. We come out and we actually support it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. And uh, again, I I think I think we did the culture justice by talking about it today. But we only really just scratched the upper level upper level of the sur- of the surface when it comes to the culture of hip hop and how important it is to American culture. But we're going to continue this conversation in our series of shows, not by way of hip hop, but by way next week where we get into the outstanding women that are Black women in the world of the U.S. and how their influences on American culture has expanded our thoughts, our, our, what we use every day, and just things that, included, that get included to our everyday lives that have been created, thought of, or, or brought amongst to the world by black women so with that being said we are done this was dope yo chris thanks for coming on but as always before i get to you with the final shout outs that goes to the first lady okay well shout out to once again um um uh, see, it's late in the day. No, um, shout out to the starting five. Shout out really? to our guests. <laughs> um, shout out to, uh, uh, I, I, oh, I do have a show coming up on the 19th. Um, I forgot her name, but 
just be be mindful of that. Um, so just check that out. Um, and then just shout out to all of our uh, all of the uh, of our black leaders, our black ancestors that made black history, black history and shout out to those who will be making it future black history. Yeah, that's true indeed. Now, before I throw it to you, Chris, this just to cap off the hip hop conversation, this is the best from Ed once again. He said, hip hop culture got my mom's fucking with Cardi B and my dad with Pitbull when they used to clown me for listening to Big Daddy Kane and a tribal quest. <laughs> that, that is the power of hip hop because people also forget that Pitbull came out rapping his ass off. And I will say he was rapping his ass off back in the day. But it's on you, Chris. Final shout out. Oh, I just want to shout y'all out. Uh, let me be a part of it. I, you know, I support the starting five. Uh, even though y'all got this new time slot, I just, you know what I mean? But I, I definitely dig the show. I, you know, I want to, I'm going to continue to support. I wish y'all all the best. And I just want to shout out hip hop. It's, it's the reason why we, you know, get to sit here and do this. You see what I'm saying? And this is the truth. Indeed. Because this is the truth because JP, when this is your turn for the shout outs, but we started this because our relationship started right here at the home. Yeah. The home that, the home that a lot of people have been trying to dis as of late. The home that a lot of people have been trying to fucking discredit and all of that. And I still say fuck all y'all forever slandering the name of 8th DG, who's brought families together, who's made families. Hey, hip hop hey, did hip hop did that. Hey hip-hop damn, real quick, that. real quick. I just want y'all to know too. And like I love HHDG, and I don't know if y'all know this lately, but I've been posting a lot of older classic stuff because like I post full mode and I post all of that. Because I want people to know, like, where the basis of a lot of your rhyme schemes come from, where the basis mm-hmm. of how you even approach, how, how you represent yourself on the mic and your subject and your content. Right. I, I, I like to show people that, like, yo, somebody had to teach y'all how to be tough or how to be, uh, you know, a, a battle rapper on a song. Like, I post yeah. that just so people know. And that the older yeah. I get, I realize LL bought a lot from that man. And I'm at this side. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But 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 also too, you gotta remember it's important because the kids of this era are being born into this and are growing up into this. So they did not have the capabilities of seeing it from its inception, kind of like we did. So that that's where the difference lies. So that type of stuff is always important. But it's on you, JP, because you was there from when it was the uh, Fatback Band featuring King Tim the Third. <laughs> I was a baby, yeah. I was definitely a baby back then, the Fatback Band, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely, you know. But um, yeah, man, shout outs, of course, First Lady. Shout outs to Guitar. Shout outs to you, the Bear. Shout outs to, uh, I ain't going to lay on him too much today. Shout outs to uh, Mr. Davis there. <laughs> And Chris, shout out to you too, brother. brother. Shout out to you. Being you from Borough, man. You you definitely good with me, man. So you know we gotta stick together, man. You know that. No doubt, no doubt. Definitely gonna hit you up for a request too, Chris. Definitely, man. Um, but yeah, that's all. And also shout out to the people in the feed and to um everybody that listens. Oh, Dad, I wanted to say one thing. Yes, I have not been critical of HHDG, but just seeing some of the non-sensory bullshit that I've seen with some of the things, I have been critical of that. Not of you all. I want, I want to be on record with that. Not of you all per se. 
I mean, because people got to understand something. Because people come to me with certain stuff sometimes. When you have a group or you are an admin in the group, you're not on 24-7. People got to understand that, you know, because we got families, we got life issues, we work. So we can't be on 24-7. I just want people to be aware of that. You can't be around 24-7. Now, I might joke about who the hell left the gate open, but trust me, people got to understand that we have lives outside of this. It's Facebook. We don't get paid for this shit or nothing. So we do have life issues and family issues that we deal with. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, a hundred percent. And and you know I knew that from day one because it's it's again, it's it's family. Like we we know who the root and the real family members are in ATPG. And I'll just leave that at that, TJ. Been around since the beginning, bro. You know what I'm saying? We we we're the ones that had the first meet and greets. You know what I'm saying? That's how I bet you. It was about 10 years ago at the first meet and greet. Because myself and is set up the first one. Set the first one, no doubt. Like I said, evolution, growth. This is why it's now a tax-paying business. Yeah. Evolution, growth. Indeed. It wasn't the bullshit. It wasn't none none of the fucking nonsense that's going around about it. Family stuck together. Family grew. All under the name of hip-hop. TJ, now it's on you. Shout out to Chris. Thanks for participating and being on the show. Um, loved for a guest to come on and jump in with us. Um, shout out to all the people in the comments today. Um, dope. We love the support. Um, shout out to you, First Lady, for always bringing your insight and rich introspect to all hip-hop, sports, and otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Demare, of course, <laughs> making this all possible. Shout out to JP, you know, the first man who uh, babysat <laughs> Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and heard you take these a day because I walked in the school. So, you know, shout out to you for that, JP, for keeping them kids together and bringing hip hop to the forefront, bro. That's why I give you so much you did. See? Yo, yo, I'm giving you your flowers now, JP. I'm giving you your flowers now. For your yo, JP, JP was there like, come on now, come on now. Say it with me. Say, a hip. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, man, I knew I was a hip. Look at his damn like that. <laughs> oh, shit, that was a great way to close, y'all. This was dope. This was a great one. This was oh, real fun. quick, real quick. Shout out to all the ladies and happy Valentine's Day tomorrow. I just wanted to get that off as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Isn't that sweet for you to do that? Uh, I try to be, be a gentleman. I try. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Oh, well, see, I didn't say that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I'm say not, that. Hey, well, you know, some people might differ in their opinion, so I'm not going to be... Real quick, quick brother, I wanted, I wanted to say this to you, TJ, as well. I don't think I commented on it. But shouts to your daughter as well for our art exhibit last yes. week as well. Bro. Oh, I'd like, I'd thank like to you, bring man. That up as well. Thank you, man. I really Definitely. appreciate that, man. Thank you, man. That's a, thanks a lot, man. She's doing yeah. big things, man. I, I'll yeah, continue I to to post uh, stuff. Uh, uh, and thanks for the support. She's 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 on her way, guys. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Outstanding. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I was I was looking for more pictures, but definitely and. Uh, if I if I do decide to do another type of event like how I curated my own shit in 2015, I'm gonna oh, make yeah, sure. Oh yeah, that we was include, a good show, bro. That was a good I'm, show. I'm, but I'm gonna make sure we include your daughter and stuff like that because we okay. need to we need to 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 help our youth and right. branch out and and expand and further our reaches and mm-hmm. stuff. So 
yeah, again, congratulations and salute to your child for one getting Thank another you, year old, another year older, wiser, and yes. again, great, great work, great work from the stuff you put up. It Thank was you. definitely a lot of dope shots, man. So make sure you didn't, you you really didn't do it, but make sure you share that in the group, man, so the group can show some love. Too. Oh yes, 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 <laughs> definitely. All right, but with with that being said, y'all, it's me. We out. Courtney just said, laughing my ass off, y'all a mess. Yeah, we can be sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, y'all. Dope show. We out. Peace. Peace.